you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Miss Kristen, if she would just come up here quickly with me, and then I'm going to hand it over to her. Come on, let's give it up for her. This is an incredible lady. Love her dearly. She is, I will say this, outside of my wife, she's probably one of the strongest women I know. And, um, you know, people maybe wouldn't get that from Kelly, but Kelly's such a strong, such a strong person too. And Kristen's one of the strongest people I know, and um, I know she's going to share some of her testimony and experiences that she's gone through. But to, to lose a child like she recently did, and then to see her stand up and talk about it to other parents and talk about, here's what you need to observe, here's what you need to see, and just to really love on parents. I was like, wow, I don't know if I could do that. And, and, and Kristen just amazes me all the time. She really does. I, I just think she's the real deal. Just share with the people really quickly how we met. I know I tell the story. Where, just tell the story how we met that time. Well, um, it's been almost three years, and it was right around August because it was back to church Sunday, and uh, we were both at uh, the Around Town show. He was there to promote Back to Church Sunday, and we were actually having our very first Walk for Hope for a Door of Hope. And um, we were in the, the waiting room waiting for, you know, our turn. And we just got to talking. And he, you know, I shared a little bit about the ministry. And he shared, you know, that he's a pastor and gave me a card and said, you know, I'd love to hear more about the ministry. And, and so here's the funny part. So, you know, I tucked the card away. And I'm like, that's awesome, Lord, because I, I believe that God connects us. You know, but I had no idea what God had in store and, and the connection that was about to take place. And at that time, my husband and I were um, at a church. We had um, were kind of just seeking God and saying, Lord, where is home? Because it didn't feel like home to us. And that week, um, took my daughter to the doctors and the secretary there, um, who I used to go to church with, I said, do you know any you know churches around here? And she says, I do. Let me tell you about this church. And she told me about Heartsease. And that day, it was a Wednesday, my husband did a job for Miss Mary. And she gave him a card to Heartsease on the Wednesday. I'm like, Lord, I get it. I hear you. And so we've been here ever since. <laughs> Amazing how God sets that up. I said to him, come and meet with me. And uh, and share. I said, we're looking for local missions. We're looking for people to be involved in. And I said, I'm not making any promises, but I'm telling you, the moment she came in, the, the moment I met her, I really knew straight away she didn't have to sell nothing to me. I, I just knew she was the real deal, the real deal. You can just tell with people. And she just came in and she opened up her laptop. She could have had flannel graphs. She could have had anything. I mean, she just started, and it wasn't what was on the screen 
It wasn't the stats. It wasn't everything. It was what I saw in her as she began to share in the heart and the passion and the tears began to come. And I was like, my God, this is someone that we have to partner with. This is someone that we have to be involved with. And I just thank God that that we've been able to almost double the initial commitment that we've made to them and we support them on a monthly basis. And I'm just really proud tonight to not only be able to introduce Door of Hope, but to introduce to you dear friends of ours and also great members of our church. So come on, would you give it up for Kristen and Door of Hope and just her life tonight? I just want to make it more personal tonight. Is that okay? Praise God. Thank you. That's good. <clears throat> well, first of all, I just I thank God for um, our pastor. Um, because one of the things that I love about him and Miss Kelly is they are people, people, people. <laughs> I don't know how, what I'm trying to say, but um, they are just invested in you, 100%. And they could have 400 members in this church, but they will make you feel so special. It's the call on their life, and it's their heart, and it's the Lord in them. And um, I'm just very grateful. And, you know, everything that we talk about tonight, you're a part of. Because our church partners with the door of hope and the work that God has called us to do. it. we're all a part of that. And... Um, So before we get started, thank you for being obedient to what God puts on your heart to give because it does. It literally is making the difference between life and death. And I'm going to share just a little bit about A Door of Hope and what we do. Um, We are a ministry located in Denham Springs. We have, I like to call it a trauma unit. (laughs) It's actually a women's crisis center. It's not a pregnancy crisis center. We don't do pregnancy tests or anything like that there. But how many of you know that sometimes when you've been through trauma, emotional trauma, physical traumas in your life, thank you, Pastor, he knows me. (laughs) I'm not going to get through it without crying. And it's not so much that I'm an emotional person. It's just that when the Holy Spirit moves on my heart, I cry, so... Uh, that's good because he's here, <laughs> and that that's important. That if nothing else happens, but his presence is here, then we're in good shape. Um, and so I call it a trauma unit because it's a place. Really, it's a safe place for girls thirteen to ninety nine, and we do see them at thirteen, and we do have women that come in in their seventies that have been through traumas that they've never talked about, and so we have the opportunity to love on them to minister to them in a way um, that allows the Holy Spirit to heal those areas that are very painful sometimes to talk about or to really let God into. But sometimes in order to go higher in Christ, we've got to let the Holy Spirit go deeper. I mean, we must decrease so he can increase. And and so we have a, a center in Denham Springs where we offer free services to girls and women, um, counseling classes. We go into the jail and um, 
We bring a message of salvation and hope and testimonies, and we just, we really bring revival into the jail. Um, and I know there's a picture um, of the jail. I don't know if you, <clears throat> but um, the whole purpose, and we have such an awesome opportunity because we get to go into the dorms with the girls. And there's, each dorm holds about 50 girls, and so, you know, even the ones that don't gather around the table, they're listening. You would be surprised how many girls walk through the threshold at a door of hope that said, well, I didn't come to class, but I heard what she said. See, because the Holy Spirit is dealing with them right there where they're at. Maybe they couldn't, but that's okay because God knows. And so we have the opportunity to usher in the presence of God, because that's what they're hungry for. Look, they don't want to hear my voice. They don't want to see my face. They want an encounter with God. They want the presence of God. And, and so that's what we bring them. We bring them good news. We bring them words of life. We speak life over them. And, and let me tell you, God moves. And um, one time, <laughs> God was really moving, and we had girls laid out on the concrete all over the place, and I was just about sure that, <laughs> that the people there were going to shut us down or not invite us back, but they were cool with it, and God moved, and people were set free and saved and healed, and it was just, it was awesome. So we're very grateful for the favor that God's given us to continue to go into the jail. And, you know, one day when we do have a house, we'd like to be able to just pick them up from there and carry them straight to the house before they have a chance to get back out on the streets, back with their abuser, back, you know, in in a bad environment, an unhealthy place. So um, we do have a hope closet. So right now I'm actually looking for a couple of people. If you've got some free time, what we'd like to do is we'd like to take all of the donations that are in the Hope Closet out. They've been in there long enough. And we want to take all of the new ones and and put them. We do rotate them, but it's just time to shift all of that and make it pretty. We've got Camp Hope in a couple of weeks. And so um, just really want to be able to... uh, to do that. So if you've got free time and you're looking for a place to volunteer, we need you. And I just realized I wanted Shauna to come share a quick testimony about jail because um, she was sharing something with me today. Shauna is on our board of directors. She's a lay counselor at Adore of Hope and she's co-host with me on Keeping It Real. And we love her. She's a dear friend. Hello, everyone. Thank you all so much for giving me an opportunity to share tonight. Um, Kristen and I, when we were getting ready for today, uh, we were talking about the jail and we were just talking about some of the things that we've experienced there. Um, but it was this one testimony that she wanted me to share with you all. And, um, it was about this young lady when we had the power of hope event and Kristen will talk about the power of hope event a little bit later on, but we were there and, um, I was in the foyer at my table. And so this young lady walked up to me and she said, (gasps) She said, you don't know who I am, do you? And I said, no, tell me your name. Where did I meet you? And she said, she said, y'all came to the jail. And um, she said, you ministered at the jail. And that particular day, I had ministered about layers. But within the layers, I told a story. And I know some of y'all might have seen me with this toothpaste. I did brush my teeth today. That's not why I brought it. But um, I told a story about toothpaste. And... Here's what I was telling the girls is that, 
You know, sometimes we have so much going on in our lives, we feel like, you know what, it's, it's too complicated for me to even try to start telling you about all the things I've been through throughout my life to start telling you that. And, um, and I said, you know, y'all are all sitting in here in jail, but to God, whatever issues y'all had in y'all past is not that complicated to him. He can fix it no matter what it is. And I said, let me tell you, and I took this, this box of toothpaste out and I said, God had to heal me on a level of toothpaste. It was that small to some people, but this toothpaste was very, very significant to me. Because when I was in a domestic violence relationship for almost 17 years, uh, my ex-husband was very, very controlling. Um, and I didn't realize how much until I got out of the relationship. And what I was sharing with the ladies was that when I did finally leave for the last time, um, I remember maybe three days after I left him for the last time, I went in Walmart and to pick up groceries and get toothpaste. And so I walked down the aisle, the toothpaste aisle, and I went down, and, and I always know where the Ultra Bright is because it's just a dollar, so it's always at the bottom. So I went, and I, I reached down to grab the Ultra Bright, and when I reached down, I thought, oh, I don't have to get Ultra Bright. And I just stayed there for a while. Come on. And I thought, oh. And I said, stood up, and my shoulders went back, and I thought, I don't have to buy Ultra Bright, because those 17 years, he always made me get Ultra Bright for us. I think he was using Crest or whatever, but we had to have Ultra Bright, and so I realized I can get whatever toothpaste I want to get today, today. And I stepped back, and I looked this way, and it was toothpaste everywhere. And I looked that way, and it was toothpaste everywhere. And I said, oh, my God, so many choices. And I never realized that I never realized that it was so much toothpaste that I could choose from because for 17 years, I knew where the Ultra Bright was because that was the only thing I could get. And I remember walking all the way to the end of the aisle, and when I tell you, I literally picked up every box of toothpaste, and I read it, and I said, oh, this one has mouthwash in it. And, and I put it down, and I read another and had sparkles, and some had bubble gum in it, and some, you know, it was just different flavors, and, and I just walked the whole aisle. And I can't tell y'all which one I chose, I don't remember. But I just re I remember when I did finally find that tube of toothpaste that I wanted, I, I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is the toothpaste that I want to brush my teeth with, and I can buy it, and I can go home with it, and I'm not going to get in trouble for getting the wrong toothpaste. And I just remember putting the toothpaste in my basket, and I went to the, to the register, and I paid for it, and I didn't get groceries or anything. I drove home, and I went home and brushed my teeth a lot of times with that toothpaste. And I realized, I didn't realize it then, it wasn't until months later that I looked back and I realized, oh my God, I couldn't even buy toothpaste. God had to come in and heal me on the level of toothpaste. This was very significant to me. And just to see where I had came from, how much of control he had over me. And so I shared with the, with the girls that, 
it doesn't matter how complicated it is. If he can heal me, on, he had to start with toothpaste, and it was a lot more that he had to heal me from. But to start with toothpaste, you know, and he's still healing me from some things. So when I met the young lady, that was the first thing she said to me. She said, you ministered and you talked about toothpaste. And she said, I'll never forget that. And I thought about it, and I said, you know, she never came to a door of hope, but she was at the Power of Hope event. So at some point, she got out of jail, and she stayed connected in some kind of way because she knew about the Power of Hope event. I didn't ask her, how do you know, because that didn't matter to me. The only thing that mattered was that she was there. You know, so it is very important for a door of hope to remain open. We don't always know how God's going to reach them, whether it's with the testimony or whether it's the toothpaste. And and I'm going to share this really quick. When we went to the jail that day, not only did this young lady get ministered to on the level of toothpaste, but also I was ministered to because when I went there, I had had a spirit of claustrophobic and I and just feeling trapped always. And when Kristen asked me, can you come to the jail and minister to us? I thought, I can't because I've always said I could never go into a jail. I'll always be a good girl because I could never go into a jail because I'll feel trapped. But I didn't answer her. I didn't tell her I wasn't going to do it. I prayed about it. My husband said, babe, this is your time. You know, it's time to break that spirit. So I didn't tell Kristen that I was claustrophobic. I went to the jail. My palms were sweaty. I had been praying and fasting that whole week. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. I said, I can't go in the jail acting a fool because I feel like I'm trapped. I have to go in your authority. And so we got there, and we went into the first door, and they closed it. And I'm telling you, when that door got ready to close, everything inside of me was like, you better run before they lock you in there. But I stayed, and God was there with me. And I made it through that. And God was able to deliver me within the jail from the spirit of being claustrophobic. And I told the women there, I said, you know, y'all are in here, and y'all may feel trapped in here. You know, you can't go out unless they open the door and allow you to get out. But I was trapped out there. I had a spirit of claustrophobic, and I said, it took, I said, God is using you guys right now because he's delivering me from feeling trapped. So not only do we minister to them, but God uses them to minister to us too. That's awesome. And, and, you know, God meets us where we are. And for each one of us, it's a different story. It's a different process. I loved what Kara shared. It's a different process. Pregnancy is a process. And, um, but we're all a work in progress. And uh, praise God. Um, I did want to share real quick. Uh, there are some pictures from Mother's Day, I think. I don't know if they're next or not, but um, we had the opportunity. We had some uh, baskets and stuff for the ladies come in, and they were just so blessed to receive their Mother's Day basket. Now, this mother that you just saw um, lost two children, two children, and one just a year ago, and she was um, just grieving, so we were able to just kind of bond and love on one another and um and then the next picture is Glory, and she wanted to be here, but um, unfortunately, um, she had surgery the other day, and uh, Catherine was able to go and visit with her, and um, I, I did want to say one thing. Mercy's here with us today. Yes, she's right there, and um, she's awesome. We love her so much, and um, and 
uh, Lord, forget her name. I'm sorry. But um, Shelly, yes, good, thank you. Um, and then Charlene is here with us today also. And I'm just going to ask Charlene real quick to come. She just wanted to share how a door of hope is impacted. How, well, how really the Lord has used a door of hope to impact her life. Just to let you know, the door of hope came to me while I was in jail. And not only did they minister to the girls that were in the class, but after they left, a lot of the women, we decided to fast and pray and whatever that was in our heart, ask God to do. Well, um, what I did is I wrote a letter and with faith, and I got all the girls to sign it. And I said, by the time we get done praying for how many days or weeks or whatever, or fasting, then... Um, this will be answered, and not only will this prayer be answered, but I will be home to get it out of the mail before it gets there. And with that being said, um, I got out and I started going to the classes at the Door of Hope. And whatever personal reasons that people go to these classes, whatever traumas, when you walk through those doors, you can feel the presence of God. You can feel the atmosphere change. These women, they truly do love you. They care for you, and I'm so excited. I have, like, my whole... What is it? My briefcase. I bring my briefcase and my Bible and all my different color pens and all, and I write down everything down, and I just hunger for it. I crave it. I, I'm growing, and God is just working in my life so many ways that I didn't even know that I, I had all these issues to deal with. Not only do they inspire me, and they're just I'm just blooming. It's unreal how, how God is just talking to me. I'm blooming. But there's other people in my family. Um, my mother, when she feels that she doesn't have anyone to talk to, that no one knows what she's going through, because they didn't have no one to talk to back then. And my sister, um, we're very concerned about her. Um, and I think 18, it's been, it's been eight months, and she's already had eight friends just fall by her wayside. And, and it's, it's, it's very hard not, even to be, not only to be the one going through it, but having your loved ones around you and not knowing how to handle it or not knowing what to do. But I can promise you this, that when you walk through those doors and you hear these people, and just to get a hug from Chris and, and, and to hear the, all the wonderful stories and, and the love, just when you feel how God loves you and how important you are, it's just truly blessed. And I'm very, very blessed to be a part of this. Thank you. And she's been a bigger blessing to us than we've, you know, ever been able to be to her. Um, when right after we lost our son, she made me the most beautiful wood and glass case, and she took pictures from the funeral. And the flower, like one of the flowers that, you know, the roses that were delivered. And she just pieced that together in such a beautiful way. And then she did something so, so God that she didn't even know it was God. You know how you, you know, a lot of times God will use you and and you don't even know God's using you. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so cool the way he does that. But she put this peacock feather in the, it's like, you know looks like that and it's got a peacock feather and the peacock feather was um symbolic to me 
for um, the God calling us to do keeping it real. And it's a long story, but and I won't go into that because I don't want to ramble and waste time. But there was a peacock feather, and then it had also pink. And God was confirming the, you know, a door of hope and keeping it real through that. I know it doesn't sound, but I'm telling you it was God. It was confirmation. (laughs) And she's an awesome blessing, and we love her very much. Um, I want to talk to you real quick about Camp Hope. Camp Hope, God gave me the vision for Camp Hope um, a little over, I guess it's been maybe two maybe two years, and we stepped out with it last summer, and it's a summer program for girls 13 to 17, very specific age group there, and uh, we talk about all sorts of things with the girls, um, from no more secrets to uh, signs of uh, domestic violence, and this year we're doing something really cool called Dream, and we're going to bring the girls through a tour and show them every aspect of the ministry from front office to teaching to counseling to sorting through donations. And then we're going to bring them over to the Keeping It Real studio and we're going to let them see that side of it. And what we're doing is we're inspiring them to dream and to begin seeking God and to dream big because we serve a big God. I mean, we serve the biggest dream that we could possibly, God's way bigger than that. And so, and then uh, Catherine's got a dream book that they're going to be working on where they're going to be able to, and so it's just going to be an amazing time for them. It's a free three-day day summer program. It's not at night. So, um, we're, we're excited about that. And I, I did want Shauna to share just one more time because three girls, we had 13 girls last um, Camp Hope, and three of them came to us for counseling because they had a secret that they had been carrying, and we were able to help them work through that. And then one of the girls was 17, and she knew that she was going to turn 18 and wasn't going to be able to come to Camp Hope. And Kayla, you helped with that, and so did Kara, and we had a couple others. And um, she knew she wasn't going to be able to go through Camp Hope again, so she said, well, maybe I could come back and be a volunteer. So this year, she's actually going to be pouring back into the girls what she was able to get you know, out. And so we're excited about that. But I just wanted Shauna to share the testimony real quick about one of the girls that came through Camp Hope. Okay, I'll just name her Jan. And um, I was telling my testimony about childhood sexual abuse um, at Camp Hope and just about no more secrets, not holding it in, telling somebody, talking about it, and how important it is not to wait until you're in your 40s to start talking about it because that's a lot to carry all those years. Well, anyway, one of the girls, Jan, we'll call her, um, I noticed that she was in the back, and as I was telling my testimony, she just kept smiling and kind of had this little, what you would think, smirk on her face. But I continued to tell my testimony, and, you know, every time I look at her, she was kind of smiling. And to me, it was almost like she was making light of what I had gone through. But I overlooked it, and I kept telling my testimony and kept loving on her. And just and so after Camp Hope was over, um, this particular young lady uh, came a couple of times to the clothes closet to get clothes. And every time I was at a door of hope and I would see her, she would have that smile on her face again, which to me I thought, oh, there go that smile again. She's still kind of laughing at my testimony of, you know, which it wasn't funny. It, was, it wasn't funny at all. It was uh, pretty bad. So um, I guess maybe six, seven, eight months later, um, it was on a, maybe a Sunday, Kristen texted me and she said, hey, uh, 
Jan just texted me and uh, emailed me and said that she really would like to talk to you. And I said, okay. And so I emailed her back and I, and, um, and I said, hey, I said, you know, this is Miss Shauna. What's going on? And she said, I really would like to meet with you and counsel with you. She said, your testimony really got to me. She said, um, some of the things that you went through, I went through the same thing. And she said, I'm tired of smiling. I'm tired of crying behind this smile. I'm ready to talk about it. And when I read that, I thought, oh, my God, that's the smile that I saw. And then I realized that was the same smile that I had been carrying all those years, but I couldn't see myself. But I was able to see her reflection, you know, my reflection in her because she smiled, but it was a, a hidden cry in the back of that smile. And so um, I was able to meet with her the next week, and uh, she and I talked, and she felt safe with talking to me about it. And so, you know, we can't just, when we're talking to teenagers or counseling even with adults and we see certain looks on their faces, you don't know what that's about. You just keep ministering to them because God knows. And so this young lady, and I'm glad I did not go to her and say, well, why are you laughing or why are you smiling? Because that was her protection. And so it's really, you have to keep just loving on them and showing them the love of Christ. You can't let your own feelings get involved in this. And so um, I met with her a few times and counseled with her, and she was able to open up to me and share some things with me that had happened to her in her past. And I do want to share this one thing that she mentioned to me. Um, she was given a purity ring by her mom and dad. They gave her a purity ring. And when we were in the counseling room, she was just turning the ring back and forth and taking it off her finger and putting it back on. And she said, she said, my dad gave me this purity ring. And she said, I've been taking it off and putting it up. And she said, he keeps getting on me about it and asking me why. And she said, I've been taking it off because I know what happened to me when I was a little girl. And she, she was adopted. So she had been in and out of foster homes. And I didn't know that when she came to Camp Hope. And so she felt like, she was not worthy to wear that purity ring because of what had happened to her as a child. She felt like she wasn't pure. And so every time she had to put it on, it was a burden on her, and it made her feel sad. Their pastor, um, for a whole month, he preached on purity, and she was just really feeling like the enemy was using that to make her feel bad about having that ring on. And so I talked to Kristen about it, and she was able to tell me about it. Is it secondary purity? And it's when, because, and I was able to explain to her, you did not give yourself away. It was taken from you. And so you are still pure in Christ, in Christ's eyes. And so you still have an opportunity to start over again because you didn't give yourself away. And so now she's, uh, she, she wasn't able to focus in school before. She was doing really bad. And now she's focusing again. She decided to go to uh, Teen Challenge, and uh, she asked me to be her mentor, so I'm her mentor. And I just got a letter from her yesterday, and she's doing really well. Uh, she's the head of her platoon there, and she's very focused. So that was a really good testimony. Um, another thing that uh, Adore of Hope um, offers is a overnight retreat for women and that's uh, October 2nd and 3rd and by the way we have some of these left over from the Power of Hope event so if you want one it's got a lot of good information about a door of hope in there and dates and and stuff like that so please grab one of those on your way out um but this um 
last year's retreat was Speak Life. And so um, if you want to show some of those uh, pictures, Megan, um, an amazing time. The first year we had 83 ladies. The second year we had 115. So it's growing, and um, it's just an opportunity for women to get together and be filled, <laughs> filled with God's word. Um, we have breakout sessions. We have speakers that come in, awesome worship, praise and worships, just an amazing time. And um, so if you're interested in that, it, it's uh, October 2nd and 3rd. Um, the Power of Hope event, um, that was actually a fundraiser that Adore of Hope did because, you know, we rely on support from, um, you know, churches, obviously. Um, but we do do one fundraiser and Stephen Baldwin was our keynote speaker, and, you know, um, we just had these, all these high hopes, you know, we were going to get a house, and raise all this money, and, but God didn't do things the way we thought he, you know, he never does, right, <laughs> because that would be too easy, God's going to do it in a way where he's going to get all the glory, and so, um, but one thing that he did do is he connected us with, um, with Stephen and his wife, Kenya, and they are awesome um, Christian couple that love the Lord and believe in, in the work of a door of hope. And so one of the things that he's asked us to do is to work on a video to, um, that he can get to some people at TBN. And what that will do is that will get the vision of a door of hope outside of Louisiana. And so hopefully, um, you know, with enough people supporting the ministry, we can get that house. Because that's, that's really what, you know, the vision is about, is um, having a safe place. You know, it's one thing to have an emergency room. It's another thing to have a hospital. You know, sometimes we need an intensive care unit, you know. So, uh, time, time, time. Okay. Um, Keeping It Real was a vision that God gave us. Um, it's a morning Christian talk show where we bring people on that have a testimony. So if you have a testimony and you would like to share your testimony on this show, we would love to um, for you to send your information to info at adoreofhopela.com. And um, we have the opportunity to reach the lost and to spark hope in the community through that, um, you know, through television and the opportunity to reach a million and a half people. So praise God for that. Um, thank you, Lord. So one more thing. Oh, one thing, you know, that, that God is also um, asking us to do right now is to really take a door of hope outside of the four walls to teach, train, and equip anybody, men or women, that have a heart to work with people that have been victims of trauma. And so we're going to begin doing that very soon. And some of the subjects that we will be doing trainings in is um, abortion. How do I minister to somebody that's had an abortion? Um, domestic violence, rape crisis, drug addiction, sexual abuse, and suicide prevention. And um, I do want to say something real quick. Um, this chair right here, uh, I used it as a prop at the Power of Hope event that represents the empty chair that sits in our home. Um, you know, my husband and I, on November 3rd, we lost our son. He was 29 years old to suicide. And shortly not very long ago, the Lord um, started dealing with my heart about this chair. And he said, you know, Kristen, it's not really so much about you or your loss, but there are many, many that have lost people to suicide. And so he kind of gave me the, the vision to 
um, invite anybody that has lost a loved one to suicide that would like to include their loved one's picture. And what we're going to do is we're going to have this seat just covered with pictures in their honor and memory and use this for suicide prevention because it's not being done in the schools and it's very important that kids talk about it. It's not, you know, when somebody talks about suicide, take it seriously. Take it seriously. And what are the signs to look for? And and so that's not being done and it's something that I believe God's going to open doors for us to do and we want to bring the chair um, kind of as a prop. But, um, you know, the message is clear. I always say, you know, the message is clear. I say my son lost the battle in his mind when he lost hope. But the message is clear. Never lose hope. And we know where our hope is. It's in Jesus. It's not in a man. It's not in a pill. It's not in a program. It's in Jesus Christ alone. And that's why a door of hope is important and what sets us apart from other organizations. You know, we're nonprofit, but we're really a ministry is because we're going we're gonna to lead them and, and point them to, to the Lord. Um, don't really have time to go into the Word, but I will just briefly highlight um, the Scripture that God gave me. In the book of John in chapter 11, you know, it's the story about Lazarus. And um, Mary and Martha had sent for Jesus because their brother was sick. You know, and, and he wasn't just sick. I mean, he was very, very ill. And so they sent for Jesus, and if you can imagine, you know, because we know the story, Jesus waits two days before he even begins to make his way back to them. Can you imagine what that was like for them for two days to watch their brother get sicker and sicker? They probably didn't sleep a wink. They were probably at the door looking, waiting, and watching for Jesus. And by the time Jesus gets there, we know the story. Their brother had died. So now they're grieving. They're grieving. They don't understand. They're confused. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Lord, if you would have just been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And we know the story about, well, before I, before I go on, I just want to say, you know, sometimes there are things in, in our walk with the Lord that can make us sick spiritually. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. We can suffer a broken heart. We can deal with disappointments in life. We can go through things in life that we just don't understand. Bitterness, unforgiveness. There's so many things. We have to guard our heart and protect it. And sometimes we wonder, you know, why aren't I growing? Or why do I feel like there's this blockage and I can't, you know, feel the presence of God, you know. And so we've got to be so careful. But Jesus shows up and we know the story. He, he calls Lazarus out of that tomb. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And when Lazarus comes forth out of that tomb, he's alive again. But then Jesus says to the people, he says, loose him and let him go. Because see, Lazarus had grave clothes all around him. So even though he was alive, he had layers, like Shauna said, layers and layers of grave clothes. And Jesus told the people, and that's our job, church. Our job is to come alongside of those that are sick, those that are hurting, those that are going through a valley or a trial, and just to sit beside them and to help deal with whatever layer it is that they're going through in their life at that time. 
And that's what Adore Hope does. And, and every one of us is a part of that. And I'm so grateful for a church that supports the vision. Um, I'm excited about what God's doing. Um, I know that was kind of rushed. It was just a lot to say. But um, I hope that you guys have a clear understanding of, of what a door of hope does. We need volunteers. Um, so if you're interested, there's some sign-up sheets in the back. Oh, one thing, layers. I had a lot of them. In case you don't know my testimony, I had a lot of layers. <laughs> well, God had me write about some of those layers that he removed. Thank you, Lord. And I'm free <laughs> of some of them, most of them, I hope. Um, still got some left to go, but, you know, one at a time. But anyways, God gave me an assignment to write a book called The Cry, and it's basically um, dealing with the layer of abortion and how God healed me from that and just shares my testimony, too, of um, just how God really prepared me for A Door of Hope and how he called me into that vision. And so, anyways, books are back there if you're interested. And I just want to, I just want to, first of all, I want to say, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, but you want to know Jesus, I just, can we just stand to our feet? I just want to pray, pray for you. If, if you're here and, and you want to know the Lord, you don't know him, but you want to, or maybe, maybe you've kind of drifted away or maybe you just need a closer walk or maybe you're here and you just, you just need to be refreshed. You've been weary. That was something that the Lord's been speaking to me about is that there's, there's people and you've been fighting a long time. (laughs) You've been standing a long time and you're tired and you're weary. I just want to encourage you to come to these altars. I just believe, you know, the Bible says in the book of Job, it says that when a tree is cut down, it says at the scent of water, it will bud again at the scent of water. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is here to just refresh you, to fill you, to touch you, to meet you in these altars. If you want prayer, I just encourage you to come. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.